quick, we'll dive in. God, as we look into this series called Seek Wisdom, we want to seek you. We need wisdom. As we're going to look at tonight, the what's and the why's of wisdom, would you help us to glean what we need from that? And we just want to tell you, we think you're awesome. Amen. Um, many of you have probably been on a search in your life. It's, it's a great treat to be back. We got to go on a road trip this summer, and we were oftentimes outside of the GPS trying to search for the different things we were trying to find. Anyone else ever had that situation before? Maybe even with GPS. Remember, how many of you are old enough to remember, like, before your cell phone can actually tell you where to go? Like, before you had a cell phone, Okay. I remember having a pager. Whoa, that guy's old. Yes. Um, so I remember those days, but you'd have to search for things. Maybe as a kid, you remember how many, how many played hide and seek as a kid? If you are not raising your hand right now, I don't know, because your childhood sucked. Um, but hide and seek was something. Maybe you never looked for a hidden treasure per se, but you look for treasures. And treasures get like different. When you're a kid, treasures like Christmas gifts in November, right? And mom has said, I bought them and I've hid them. You and I not look for them. And then they go out and you're like, oh, like, did no one else ever do that? Um, I, okay, just a couple times. Um, but when you get older, it just changes treasure. How many of you are, uh, you've been that person where you're frantically running around the house going, where's my keys? That's your treasure, right? So you're hunting for treasure. You're kind of like, where in the world did I put that? And then they were in your pocket the whole time and you feel like a dope. Um, maybe you look for different things. We all kind of seek a lot of things. In fact, most of our days and most of our life is taken up seeking things. In fact, so many different people seek after all these different pursuits, trying to seek after experiences or opportunities or, or insights that they can have that would make life satisfying that would be fulfilling, that would bring meaning and purpose to life. Have you been on a search like that? We search all the time. Sometimes we seek after things, and sometimes our, our pursuit is worthy. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes we discover that it isn't too late. True? We've searched after something, found it, and then had buyer's remorse and realized it's not what I was looking for. It didn't fulfill me. And tonight, I want to kind of launch us into this three-week series. We're going to look at the next three weeks called Seek Wisdom. At the end of the day, I believe this could be one of the most life-giving things that you could hear in the next three weeks, the next year of your life even. Because if you will put yourself aimed in the pursuit of seeking wisdom... You will win in life. It's just automatic. In fact, the scripture writers have so much to say about wisdom. There's so many different directions we could go. I want to concentrate on the book of Proverbs and look at that. How many of you even knew there was a book called Proverbs? Okay, maybe if you didn't, that's okay. You're maybe new to church and new to the Bible. Here's the deal. If you open up your Bible to like the middle you're probably pretty close to Proverbs, okay? Maybe Psalms is where you hit to go right of Psalms. You're going to find Proverbs. And in Proverbs, this is some wisdom written down for us that we might understand and see things. See, wisdom guides us through the twists and turns of life, every which way it goes. Because here's what we know about life. It's not always just a straight shot and everything's glorious and hunky-dory, right? There's twists and turns in life. There's challenges and obstacles that come your way. And there's obstacles that we have to face. And Proverbs is kind of written in a way that we might understand 
how to navigate those twists and turns of life that we might end up having a life well lived, that we could get to the end or far enough along in our life to be able to look back and say that that was a life well lived. Wouldn't you like to get toward the end of your years and be able to look back over your life and say that? Wouldn't that be a blessing to you? Wouldn't that be something that's life-giving to you? Because I don't know anybody that wants to get to their end of the life and go, that stunk. I don't know anybody. Maybe someone who's reckless and who's, who's kind of off, has gone off the edge, so to speak, as we label it. But even that's just a season. Even that's just, there's a longing deep within their heart to say, I want to I have a life that's well-lived. I want it to matter. I want the things I pursue to be fulfilling. And the scripture writers speak so much about that. We, Proverbs is really compiled by, the, by Solomon. And Solomon is David's son. David was probably the greatest king Israel knew. And uh, he conquered a lot. In fact, the whole nation of Israel came into alliance during his reign and, and kind of back from being splintered and all that kind of stuff and established as a kingdom, so to speak. Well, David leaves and Solomon uh, takes over. And Solomon has this exchange with God one day that I want us to look at. But I want you to see. So take your Bibles, go to Proverbs chapter 1. And we're going to see what some of what this whole idea of wisdom is about. And tonight is really about the what and the why of wisdom. Here's how uh, Proverbs starts. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For gaining wisdom and instruction. For understanding words of insight. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. To help them do what's just and right and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple and knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those who, with understanding, receive guidance by exploring their meaning. By trying to understand this whole idea of wisdom. You know, I've never met anyone that doesn't want to have more insight or wisdom in life. In fact, so often, raise your hand if this is true for you, maybe you've uh, made a decision, started out on a trek, started out on a venture, only to realize maybe a week or two weeks or two months into it that you made the wrong decision, right? Anyone ever been there? Okay, a few of us. We've been there. And at the end of the day, don't you look back and they always say hindsight is what? Twenty twenty, which... I don't know how they measure that, sure. Um, But hindsight is, in a lot of ways, that's true. You kind of look back and you go, man, if only I would have seen it from this side, right? Have you ever wondered if the 35-year-old you could have gone and talked to the 20-year-old you? Or the 20-year-old you gone and had a conversation with middle school you? You ever wonder if maybe they would just pass on some wisdom, some insights? I, I met a lady today who was preaching for a friend of mine up in Oracle. She's 101 years old. 101. I was like, I got to go meet her. Phyllis is her name. And I said, Phyllis, 101. Like, well done. You know, that's, I don't, I don't know anybody 101. And I said, I, I'm teaching on wisdom to, to our people. And I just, what's the wisest thing you, you could say after 101 years? And here's what she said. To be content with what God gives. And I thought, that's deep. Like, that blew Hallmark out of the water. Like, 
to be content with, with what God says and what God brings. Because so much of our life is about discontentment and trying to, to pursue other things. And it's not wrong to do that. But how much energy do we waste on that? I, I know a lot of people, the older they get, they want to pass wisdom on. Do you find yourself doing that? Maybe even if you're in your 20s and you're hanging out with your nieces and nephews who are like four, you're like, hey, stoves are hot. <laughs> Trust me on this one, okay? I know I'm tall. Not me. <laughs> but I'm, just, I'm usually talking to my nieces here. But um, you try to pass on wisdom. In fact, anyone ever read uh, this little book called Life's Little Instruction Book? Anyone ever seen this? Uh, a few years ago, uh, there was an author, uh, H. Jackson Brown, who his son was going off to college, and he decided to write down a bunch of things. I think I have a picture of like some of those. You can't read them. That's horrible. That's like Charlie Brown scribbling right, right there. Hey, that's Life's Little Instruction Book right there. Over here, number 40 is the important one. Uh, never refuse homemade brownies. I thought that is wise right there. Um, well, you want to pass on wisdom. Well, that, that's really what happens with Solomon. Solomon, 3,000 some years ago, uh, is Cal king of Israel, right? And here's the beautiful thing about Solomon's story, different sermon, different time, is God can take mistakes and do beautiful things with them. Because here's what you got to know about Solomon. Solomon was born out of adultery. And yet God used his life, Solomon, to build the temple, the very first temple, to represent uh, God's presence with his people. And so Solomon rises to the, uh, takes over the throne for David, and he's young, right? And he has this encounter. He's getting ready to offer the sacrifice in a high place to God, and that's kind of what the tradition was because there was no temple at that time. And in a dream, God comes to, to, to Solomon and says, ask me anything you want. Now, just think about that. If God showed up to you and said, ask anything of me you want, isn't that like a genie just showing up out of nowhere? And what would you ask for? What would you ask for? Think about it. I don't know if I would ask for what Solomon asked for, if I'm just being honest and real with you. I think I'd be like, oh, wow, one thing. Oh. I'd probably have a list that I'd break out. But here, here's what happens with Solomon. We just kind of go on and goes down there and it says, Solomon um, begins to ask for whatever you want from me. Solomon said, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. In other words, Solomon's asking for wisdom, how to do the right best thing. How do you do the right best thing? That's what Solomon's asking for. He didn't ask for wealth, didn't ask for a long life, didn't ask for just more and more stuff, didn't ask for more and more victories, and all those things that every king in the first century or before the first century would have maybe asked for. He asked for wisdom. Because here's what Solomon discovered. If you have wisdom, you have everything you need. If you have wisdom, you have everything you need. And God is pleased with this answer, pleased with this question that he gets asked. And he not only blesses Solomon with, the, the Bible says, the greatest wisdom of anyone to ever walk the planet, maybe outside of Jesus, okay? He, he asks him for that. He blesses him with that. And he also blesses him with wealth and uh, with kind of this peace across the land. And he doesn't have to fight a whole lot of wars. He makes these treaties and everything goes well with him. A long life. And Solomon 
with a group of philosophers and thinkers, writes the original Life's Little Instruction Book called Proverbs. We don't think of it that way, but that's really what it is. In fact, Proverbs is kind of laid out in a lot of different ways. Um, Let me kind of spell it out. Chapters 1 through 7 is kind of this notion of just this fatherly or parental wisdom that, uh, that Solomon wants to pass on to his kids. And he's got other people who are helping him write these things. And it's obviously led by the Holy Spirit and formulated and put down and captured in this. Uh, Proverbs 8 is this wisdom is personified and kind of makes this call. And, and this call goes out to people. Will you pursue me? Will you seek me? Or will you turn aside? And Proverbs 9 is this tension between the two calls, this call of foolishness and this call of wisdom. And who are you going to listen to? And then Proverbs 10 through the end is really just a whole bunch of short, small phrases that are just power-packed with wisdom for life, of how to navigate everything from finances to relationships to how you conduct life, because wisdom is about this. It's about helping you deal with the twists and turns and navigating life well so that when you get toward the end, you can look back and say that that was a life well lived. Proverbs, friends, is an incredible book. One of the beauties is it's laid out in 31 chapters. How many months have 31 days? It's a beautiful exercise. I started doing this when I was in middle school. I would start reading with the proverb of the day. Okay? No one's going to call it the proverb of the day. It's not written in the Bible. Just like if it's August 3rd, you would read Proverbs yeah, it's real easy. You, you can put the correlation together. Um, but I started doing this in middle school because here's what I had people who were mentoring me and encouraging me. Here's what they said. You've got to seek wisdom. And you've got to seek it when you're young and you need it when you're old too. In fact, wisdom is a lifelong pursuit because here's the deal. If you have wisdom, you will know how to make money and how to manage money. If you have wisdom, you will be able to find and develop lasting friendships. If you have wisdom, you'll know what to say and when to say it and when not to say something. When you have wisdom, you'll know uh, how to make plans for the future and how to, to make decisions in the moment. If you have wisdom, you'll know how to avoid misery that other people pile in on themselves because of decisions and choices and opportunities that they seize that maybe they shouldn't and things that you'll find fulfillment in life. If you have wisdom, you'll be able to raise your kids the best possible way because there's no manual for it. So if you have wisdom, you find a lot. So no matter how pretty you are, how well-connected you are, how rich you are, everybody in the world needs wisdom so that you don't wake up one day and go, man, that was dumb. Ever had a dumb moment? I've had a lot. Wisdom probably kept me from a lot more dumb moments that we all seek and all find in life. And so all throughout the whole book of Proverbs and other books, uh, Ecclesiastes is another uh, wisdom literature part of the Bible. There's others too. But Proverbs is kind of the, the primary one. All throughout the book of Proverbs, here's what Solomon's driving to. He says this, If you miss wisdom, you will wander. If you miss wisdom, you will wander in life. In fact, the trajectory of your life will take you to places that you wish it didn't go. And what you long for it to be, you will be off on your trajectory of how to get there if you miss 
wisdom. Here's what Proverbs 9.12 says this. If you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. Wisdom is worth your pursuit. Here's the bottom line of the whole night. Wisdom is not automatic, but it can be acquired. But it will take your pursuit. It's not automatic. No one's born this way. You don't just fall into wisdom. You have to train for wisdom. You have to seek wisdom. We should probably call the series Seek Wisdom. Wow, that's wise. Proverbs fourteen twelve says this, There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. See, our natural tendency is not toward wisdom. It's actually away from it. Our natural tendency left to our own humanity is typically, if we're just honest, toward selfishness, right? Toward self-preservation toward the things that we want and to heck with everybody else, right? If our natural bent is that way, wisdom maybe says that's maybe not the best possible way to live life. Wisdom pushes us in other directions. And so what is wisdom? Wisdom's the ability to make good decisions and to live life well. If I was going to give you a working definition, it would be this. For this whole series, here's what I want you to get. Wisdom is the acquired ability to make the best godly decision within your situation. Listen, your situation's different than the person sitting next to you. It's different. No one has the same two paths that they're exactly on. So wisdom is this acquired ability to make the best godly decision in your situation. That's why it's worth pursuing. So that you don't wake up one day and go, I made a mess of my life. Have you ever met people that maybe halfway through their life, they're getting to the place and they're saying words like that? That's a person who either ignored wisdom or never sought it out. They just lived by their emotion. They lived by their cravings. And it took them to places that now they're looking back and the trajectory of what they wanted is nowhere near where they've ended up. And so wisdom says, hey, we can guide you. We can move you along and we can help you if you will seek after it. It's this acquired ability to make the best godly decision in your situation. Much of our world wants to measure our IQ. Anyone ever taken an IQ test? (laughs) A room full of dummies. Okay, Um, so I haven't taken any either, so I will not raise my hand. Uh, Maybe a lot of our world tries to measure our IQ, right? Anyone ever heard of EQ? Your emotional quotient, meaning your ability, so not just your intellectual quotient, the the idea of how smart you are, how intelligent you are, but your EQ is this idea of how emotionally quotient, your emotional smartness, if you will, of how you read social scenarios and how you interact with people and how you react in social scenarios, right? That your EQ is a big thing. In fact, IQ and EQ are really big in the business world and really big in our world, but here's the truth. You can be really, really, really smart and not make wise decisions. True? You can be really, really good emotionally in scenarios and still make a wreck of your life. What we need is to pursue our WQ, our wisdom quotient. 
We need to rise and take that up and elevate that within our lives. It's this acquired ability. It's not automatic. We have to pursue it. Solomon is highlighting maybe three different things throughout the book of Proverbs that I want to look at tonight. The why and the what of wisdom is this. Wisdom is important. It is worth your pursuit, friends. Any way you can, learn it. Seek it out. Acquire it. Mine it from people. Cultivate it from people around you. This is why mentors are a big, big deal for wise people. For wise people, they look to people who are older than them, who have been further down the road, who have a little bit more wisdom, and who can glean from them. One of the best gifts my mom ever gave me. Um, she passed away about nine years ago. But I, I tell you, um, my, I believe my mom was one of the wisest people I've ever met in my entire life. And I remember all throughout middle school and all throughout high school, these individual coaching moments where she would just whisper words of wisdom to me. And she would ask me the right question to help me see things in a bigger perspective than just the perspective I wanted. Because what typically we want is just selfish. And we don't see it from the whole perspective, do we? We see a slice of it. And one of the greatest gifts my mom ever gave me was this ability and this desire to seek wisdom, to look for it. You know, there's a gap between... um, there's a gap between kids' wisdom and our wisdom, right? There's a lot of cool things, like with Bill Cosby, with darn, you know, the darndest things kids say, and all that kind of stuff, and that's fun, and that's cute, but the truth is, um, I have a plate of cookies. Wow, this is shrunk. Yeah, that's okay. Um, <clears throat> I had a full plate of cookies up here that I was going to tempt you with. I have four now. Um, so, hey, uh, well, actually, three and a half. Um, the half, really? Okay, so... This plate of cookies, if I were to set this in front of my kids and say, dinner, what would they say? (laughs) Yes, please. Right? And they would eat and scarf down the cookies. And then in in the next morning, if I woke up for breakfast and I would say, breakfast, and they would say, with milk, please, right? And so at least they would feel maybe, and then lunchtime would roll around, and then dinner would roll around, and then four weeks into this, I would be still putting this in front of them. And you know what they would probably say? Does mom know about this? <laughs> That's probably what they would say. But I think my, my hunch is they would keep consuming the cookies all the time. Now, here's what I know as an adult. That's not healthy. Long term. Spurts, it's awesome. Okay, enjoy it. Um, But long-term health of your well-being, physical, emotional, mental, all that, cookies, chips ahoy even, aren't going to suffice for that, is it? We know that. Why? Because we're wise. We grew up. We got it. We discovered that. Maybe even through bad experiences, we discovered that. Wow, I've had cookies for four days. I'm not feeling good. You know, whatever that was for you, you discovered it. And there's a gap sometimes between children's wisdom and adult wisdom. That's natural. That happens. As we go through experiences, we learn, hopefully, learn from it. And here's the truth. There is a wisdom gap between us as humanity and God. There's a gap here. And we need to seek out wisdom from the one who has it. 
Because that's the way you learn. That there's differences in how we see things. Proverbs 14, there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. Maybe it reminds me of words of Isaiah that says this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, for he will have mercy on them. And then this famous phrase that maybe you've heard, For my thoughts are not like your thoughts. My ways are not like your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my, uh, my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. This is God speaking to humanity, saying, look, if you just want to live by your own impulses and your own cravings and your own desires, then that will take you in life. But you may not end up where you wanted to. But if you trust me, see, I, I understand I'm on the other side of this gap. And I can help you. And I can give you wisdom. See, wisdom is important. And it's worth your pursuing. We can base a lot of our decisions off our own framework, off our own knowledge, or our own insight. Or we can lean in and say, God, you, you are wisdom. And so would you help me to grow in that? This is what James chapter 1 says. This verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask who? You should ask God who gives generously, not reluctantly, who gives generously to all who, without finding fault, will be given to you. See, in the land of Google and Wikipedia, knowledge and information and ethical framework and morality, those are good, valuable things, but they are not enough. What you really need is wisdom. How do I decide in the thousands of decisions and choices that you have to make throughout your week? Think about it. Just one week. Think about all the choices and all the decisions you have to make. Most of them, I'm willing to hunch, aren't just right, wrong, black, white decisions, are they? So how do you navigate all those decisions? Is it just by your own framework and your own understanding? Or do you need to glean wisdom from other people and glean wisdom from God and glean wisdom from your experience to be able to say, here's the best way to navigate this. I want to acquire the ability to make the best godly decision in the situations I'm in. Otherwise, it's just death and destruction by a thousand decisions that I just go sideways in all the time. You know, I used to pray um, that, I don't know if anyone else ever prayed this, I was in my young 20s and um, I was <clears throat> searching, you know, for the one. Um, and I kept asking God, God, would you just write me a letter like of what her name is so that when I go out on a date, I can look at the letter and go, you're not it. Um, instead of going through the whole date and spending all the money to realize you're not it. Could, could you just write me a letter of what house I should go to? Should you just write me a letter of like what career path I should choose? Because like I like a lot of different things, and which one should I actually pursue? And I, I think you're kind of putting a call in my life, and I don't know, and that seems crazy. And, um, I just wanted God to write me a letter. Anyone else ever pray for this weird thing? I literally did. Like It's scary how often I prayed for this letter. I would actually go to the mailbox. I know that sounds crazy, but I did. Because I figured, why not? Um, uh, there was no ever, there was no letter. Um, but here's what I learned after about a month or two of praying that legitimately, I learned if I got the letter, 
then I would just look at the letter and I would stop looking to God. And I was just like, oh, that seems wise. Like, that's a dumb decision just to, to ask for something. Maybe this is all about a pursuit and an adventure and I need to look for that. See, I don't know how you answer all the questions you have. What school should I go to? What job should I pursue? What what spouse or potential spouse should I look at? Should I stay single? Should I, you know, should I rent? Should I buy? Should I buy this car or this car? This one's prettier. Should I get the more fuel efficient? I, you know, you have so many decisions and those are biggies. Think about all the little decisions you got to make. Maybe the best question to ask yourself is simply this. What is the wise thing for me to do? When you're facing scenarios and facing situations, and we're going to pick up on that in week three and really drill down on that. What's the wise thing for me to do? Because wisdom is important. It's worth you pursuing. You've got to make space for it. It's not impulsive. It's not automatic. It's a cultivated thing. You have to search for it. You have to acquire it. You have to look for it. Wisdom is important. Here's the second thing. Wisdom does have an ultimate foundation. It does have an ultimate source. We kind of mentioned this already, but Proverbs 1, 7 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You'll see that throughout Proverbs all the time. Now, it's not this idea of I'm to be scared of God in like a way that would make me like a horror film, right? It's not that notion of I'm to be that fearful. Now, there is a notion and a twinge of God's huge, I'm small, he's big, I'm not. There is a sense of incredible reverent awe. That's what the writer's getting to. You're to have this reverent, um, unbelievable awe of who God is and who you're not in comparison. But it's not this notion that I can never go into his presence because he's scary. Jesus totally did away with that, right? And that's why the writer of Hebrews says we can boldly go. We can go with confidence before the Lord because he knows your name. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He is delighted in you and wants you to come to him. He wants you to seek him. But the foundation of wisdom is in God, not in you and not in me. And so it's seeking him out. It's saying, God, I need you. This is why um, wisdom is kind of seen all throughout scriptures. That Proverbs 3.19 says this, By wisdom the Lord has created the earth's foundation. Psalm 104 says, How many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you made them all. I was there at the beginning. This is going to Proverbs 8. Remember when it's personified. Wisdom has this notion to it that says, I'm there. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To ignore him is foolishness. And it's the opposite of wisdom. That's why the psalmist writes, the fool says in their heart, there is no God. They're a fool because they're missing out on the very source of wisdom. And they may gain some experience and some insights, but they're missing the truth of wisdom. See, it's kind of like this. Um, How many of you learned the alphabet in kindergarten? Five of you. Awesome. Um, I guess we need to do some ESL training. How many of you learned the alphabet in kindergarten, right? How many of you read and write now? Like you're able to read and write now. Here's the truth. 
if it wasn't for the alphabet, you couldn't read and write. True? The alphabet is the foundation of reading and writing. You don't start reading and writing without the foundation of the alphabet. That's just the, how it works. If God is the, the giver and the sustainer and the, the holder of wisdom, you don't just become wise by ignoring him. True? If that scenario were to play out, and so here's all throughout the scripture, Proverbs is saying, and Solomon's saying, and other writers are saying, look, you've got to seek wisdom. It's worth your pursuit. It's important. And there is a foundation. There is a foundational source of wisdom. And the third thing is this, that wisdom is personified. See, we need more than just words on a page or a bumper sticker here or there that we can read and kind of think intellectually about. What we need is to see it modeled. What we need is to see it displayed and carried out. How many of you learn best by watching someone do something, right? That's me. I mean, I can read a book, an instruction book. Anyone ever read like the VCR instruction book or anything like that? If you, you Maybe you're an engineer and you love that stuff. Good for you, two of you. Um, but most people that I know want to see it displayed, want to see it put on for other people to see and then someone else to model that and then you, you go do it, right? Well, wisdom is personified. In fact, in Proverbs 8, it talks about wisdom being personified and it's this call, would you seek me? Here's what we know. Jesus is wisdom. This is what I want you to hear. Jesus is wisdom personified. He was there at the very beginning. Can we just look at John chapter 1? Here's when it says, in John chapter 1, it says this, In the beginning was the Word. The Word, capital word here, is Jesus. They're speaking of Jesus, the Logos. This Logos is what ancient philosophers searched for. It was wisdom. We want to know the ultimate Logos, the ultimate wisdom. In the beginning was the Word, was Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and this life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not or will not ever overcome it. That's the truth of the Gospel of John as it starts right out of the gate. You want to know who wisdom is? His name is Jesus. And he was there at the beginning. I love verse 14 of that. It goes on. It says, Jesus is wisdom personified. And it talks about this idea that, that Jesus came into this world, put on flesh, and walked among us, it talks about. Wisdom is personified. And as we seek after him, getting to know his life, to study his life, to understand who he is and what he was about, you will grow in wisdom. See, friends, wisdom is not automatic, but it can be acquired. It is worth your pursuit because it is extremely important. It will help you live life and navigate the twists and turns to be able to look back and say, that was a life well lived. But see, wisdom has a foundation. It has a beginning, it has a source, and it's God. And God knew that it wasn't just putting words on a page or trying to interact from a distance. But wisdom needed to be personified. And so Jesus came and said, if you want to know how to live wisely, if you want to know how to walk with the wise and live with wisdom, follow me. 
That was his simple call to people around. A highly relational invitation. Follow me. Not just read about me, not just study about me, but actually follow. Begin to practice the way I do things. And when you do, you will grow wise. So here's my challenge for you this week. Uh, It's really in the form of a question. Where are you at with wisdom? Are you seeking it? Or are you just winging life? And just however you feel in the moment and, and however your cravings and your desires and your longings are to, to kind of take things out and your experiences, are you just seeking to make it? Or do you really deep down say, I, I want to live the best possible life. I want to be able to wake up one day down the road and be able to look back and say, that was a life well lived. See, wisdom doesn't come automatic, does it? It's an acquired skill. It's an acquired ability. And so seek it. It's important. It has a foundation. Go to the source. And it's personified for you not just to read about, but to see in the life of Jesus. At the end of Proverbs chapter 1, here's what uh, Solomon writes. These words. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me, wisdom speaking, whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear and harm. The simple pursuit is, I don't know if you've ever taken up the wisdom challenge. This is what I did for July on vacation and stuff. Is I just read back through the book of Proverbs on uh, the proverb of the day. If you've never done that, Here's my invitation to you. Try it. Just try it. It's August 3rd, okay? So yeah, you have to make up two other days. I believe in you. Try it for the month of August. And just say, God, when you open it up, God, would you just show me wisdom? I want to be a person that's wiser 10 years from now than I am right now. I want to be able to make better decisions 10 years from now than I am right now. And I know I've got to grow in that. And so put on your antennas or however you want to do that and figure that out. It will literally take you a minute and a half, 90 seconds more often than not, to read through one chapter of Proverbs. And here's my invitation to you. Just try it. And say, God, would you show me something in here that's for me today? It's that simple. Show me in something in here that's for me today. And make it your life pursuit to seek Wisdom. Next week, we're going to look at this idea of what does it mean to seek wisdom? How do you begin to go do that? That's what we're going to look at next week. So would you pray with me? Our worship team's going to come. We're going to take a moment for communion and worship in song together. And uh, I hope that maybe this would be a really, really blessing and a great series for you. An encouragement to seek wisdom. So Father, we want to seek you. You're the holder, the sustainer, the giver the source of wisdom. So, Father, we want to be a people that that seek after you, that seek you out, that we want to be able to make and navigate the twists and turns, the opportunities that come our way, the things that, that happen in life, that we could either have death and destruction by a thousand decisions that just overwhelm us and, and suffocate us in a way, or we can seek out wisdom and how to make the best possible godly decision in the situations we're in. We want to be those kind of people.
And so, as we remember that wisdom is personified in Jesus. Jesus, not only were you the giver of, of teaching and wisdom and insight for people, you are a Savior who came on our behalf, seeking after us, dying on the cross for our sin, rising again that we might have life with God through you. And so in communion, we remember that tonight. Whether we got real bread or gluten-free bread, we love you. And we pray that we would just remember as we take this uh, bread and eat that and take this cup and remember that you're good and that you love us. And as we worship you, Father, would you stir our hearts this week to want to seek wisdom, pursue you, and learn and get better and wiser. We love you.